When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're going to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. We're joined by our resident vet, that is Jane Pickett. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome uh, to the programme. And I want to start with um, our first question today that that really is a heartbreaking uh, question. It's from one of our listeners whose granny sadly passed away last month and she has decided to rehome granny's dog. The dog had been living with her grandmother for the last three years and they had a great bond. The dog has now moved into our listener's house. But she describes the dog now as being very nervous. It was never nervous when living at granny's house. And he seems to spend a lot of the time just sitting at staring at the back door uh, what what can she do to help the dog settle in okay no this is a really difficult situation and my condolences it's, it's a really tough time for everyone i am um, i think this is this probably has a few factors involved in it i think for the little dog certainly he's lost he's lost his owner um so there's an element of grief there i think similar to when a dog loses a dog companion if they lose one of their owners they grieve in the same way so they generally become quite quite quiet sometimes a bit withdrawn sometimes it can go the other way they can become let's say um hyperactive and destructive um as kind of a distraction behavior it sounds like we're becoming quite quite quiet and just staring at the back door is how it's manifesting for this little pet um but the other thing is it's had a massive upheaval not only has it lost its lovely owner it's moved house so it's moved away from kind of all of its security that it's ever known so it's, it's quite understandable in, in this difficult situation that this little pet is is really all out of sorts and doesn't know what's happening at all i um, i think well done for taking him in i think it's just going to take a lot of patience i know you're really concerned about him and i would we'd love to see him bright and happy in his usual self and not being so nervous but i think it's really going to take time it's going to take time for him to form a bond with you guys um, after grieving for his own owner. So just be there for him, comfort him, but give him his own space as well as necessary. Try not to be all over him because if, if you're kind of not his his usual source of comfort, sometimes that can stress them out even more. So just kind of be there, but not too overwhelmingly so. Yeah, um, and it's it's hard, yeah. you know. When, when I when when she said in the text uh, that he sits there just staring at the back door, I got it into my head. Is he hoping the granny's going to walk back in? Is that was, could that be it? Potentially. Oh, yeah, God, break your heart. So, yeah, I think really time is the, is the best healer here, and patience on your own part. I know it's heartbreaking for everybody involved, both from 
the the passing passing of this person but also from the grief of the the dog and yourselves but um stick with it i think time and and just a lot of patience okay he will settle in he will settle in and our condolences uh, to you and uh, to to your family it's it's a tough time and then jane in mallow rang in to say one of her cats she describes the cat as being very hyper she also says he doesn't look in as good a condition as say her other cats he's actually very thin but he's always hyper always on the go she's wondering can cats have hyperthorism like humans do they can indeed exactly what i was thinking (laughs) um so they can absolutely um it's really quite common particularly in our middle age to older cats so the key symptoms really of hyperthyroidism, so an overactive thyroid, are a weight loss in the face of a great appetite, usually a totally voracious appetite. They'll eat everything in sight, but are still losing weight and sometimes becoming hyperactive, very agitated and, and sometimes a little bit aggressive at times, actually, because they're just so wound up. Um, they will be main things. Now, there's lots of other causes of weight loss. There's lots of other causes of behavioral change. But really, from what you're describing, you know, hyperthyroidism or an overactive thyroid will be really up there on my on my list of differentials. I think if you're concerned, particularly from the point of view of the weight loss and the behavioral change, this is definitely one I would attend your vet with. Your vet may need to examine the cat and that will certainly give them a much better idea. And if they strongly suspect, let's say, something like hyperthyroidism, they may need to do tests on the thyroid, so blood tests that can tell us whether there's too much thyroid hormone in the system. But it's also important to bear in mind that there are lots of other things that can cause these clinical signs and your vet may well need to work with you to to rule them out. So to rule out the causes of weight loss, to rule out the causes of behavioral change. Um, So I think this is well spotted and it's always good to get these things early because lots of things that can cause weight loss and behavioral change are treatable depending on the diagnosis. So I will visit your vet, tell them your concerns um, and I'm sure you'll start getting on the path to diagnosis. And it is it's tre- it's treatable if it is if if that's what what it yeah. is. And then Barbara, uh, Barbara's cat had three kittens yesterday. This morning, one of them has passed away. Why would a little kitten just uh, just start like that? There were three. They appear to be three fine, healthy kittens when they were delivered yesterday. Okay, that's really sad. I know it must be quite distressing for everybody there at home to see that happen. It's not particularly uncommon, particularly in let's say the first few days of life particularly if there was a large litter, it doesn't sound like a large, let's say, um, amount of kittens, but sometimes, let's say, the weaker one may not be strong enough to feed or may pass away. Um, it's really fascinating, actually, sometimes the, the kind of mother's instinct, be it, a, be it um, a cat, a mother, a queen, or whether it be a female dog who's whelping, a lot of the time they can kind of tell if there's something wrong, even before we can, and they may start to, to reject the kitten or pup. Um, and I suppose that's kind of the circle of life. It's trying to ensure that the strongest young survive. Now, whether that's been the case or not, it may just be that there may have been something, let's say, congenitally or inherited born wrong with the kitten that has passed away so soon, particularly if the others are really strong and thriving. Um, I would say, you know, don't beat yourself up too much about it. These killings can happen. It's really sad when it does, obviously. But I think just focus on the kittens that are remaining. Just make sure that they're feeding well from the mum. They're nice and warm. They're in a nice, safe place. Um, and, and just watch out for any other signs of kind of fading or being unwell in, in the other kittens. And if you do notice that, the best thing with any young young kitten or pup is to catch it early and bring them to your vet because a lot of the time they don't have any reserve really. So things can things can take them very quickly if, if things do go wrong.
Okay, Martin has an 11 month old uh, puppy who is constantly playing with stones, uh, picking up stones when they go out for a walk. Martin has now started to notice that he's swallowing some of the stones. Should he be concerned? Yes, yeah. <laughs> in short, um, the best thing, this is really frustrating, I know from an owner's point of view, because it, your heart is just in your mouth, you don't want them to eat the stone and swallow it, and obviously those stones, if they can cause a lot of damage on their way down if they're sharp stones, they can also cause really serious blockages, and you may need surgery to remove them if they don't pass. Now, a lot of stones will just pass straight through, but a lot won't as well. I think the best thing to do is to give them something to distract them. So if he's the kind of dog who will go out and pick up all these stones and get really excited, bring a ball with you on your walk um, and try and distract him with that so that he has something to hold in his mouth. So bring, let's say, um, a dog safe tennis ball or some other dog safe chew treat that's quite robust and he can't chew up and swallow um, and have that in your back pocket to give him if he starts getting interested in stones. So you can give that to carry it to carry around in the mouth because sometimes they just want to the feeling of picking and retrieving something and moving it on with them. They seem to be fixated on stones sometimes. Some dogs at stones, some dogs at sticks, either are very, very bad ideas. So that would be my advice on both fronts. If it's similarly, if it's sticks that your dog collects when they're on a walk, give them something to distract, give them a safe toy. Okay, and Lorraine has an overweight Jack Russell. We know he's overweight and we're doing our best as a family to try to knock a few pounds off him with extra walks and watching his diet. The problem was he was he's used to getting lots of daily treats from other members of the household. Everyone is abiding by it, but now he looks so miserable at you when he's looking for a treat. Are there any low calorie treats that you can give to a small dog trying to lose weight? Okay, um, I say first and foremost, well done for recognising your dog is overweight. That's usually the first step is the hardest. Uh, most of us, our perception is so changed about what's a normal weight dog and what's an overweight dog that we've been kind of pre-programmed into thinking overweight looks normal. So really, really well done for recognising that. Um, I know it can be really tough because you're kind of being cruel to be kind and making sure their health is, is good in the long term by trying to reduce their weight. And that's really, really, really important. Um, as regards treats if they're always used to getting them one thing you can do is if they have kind of an allotted amount of food so if you're working with your vet or vet nurse and they have kind of a weight loss program in place then great if you don't that might be worth looking into but a lot of the time we'd weigh out their food so they're quite exact about what they're getting every day so one thing you can do is if they have their their breakfast or their dinner and they have a certain weight of food that they're allowed to eat out of nuts you could maybe take let's say a quarter of that and make that into the treat pile so that throughout the day when they want a little snack you know you can you can use a little bit of their normal food as a treat and they'll still feel like they're getting something still positive reinforcement and um, that's one thing you can do other things you can do are you can use kind of low calorie kind of empty empty treats in a way um, this is a bit hit or miss with some dogs um, and you just need to be a little bit careful with um, the sizes that you put them into so sometimes you can give certain vegetables but be exceptionally careful about which ones some are poisonous some are fine not all vegetables are good for dogs and cats that's one thing to be aware of but some things that we normally advise are carrots in small amounts raw carrots in very small amounts but just chop them quite small so that they can be eaten and won't get stuck within the food pipe um, and interestingly enough watermelon they seem to love it and it has no calories in it really Whoa, that's a, good one. a normal treat. Yeah, it is. And you, you always feel very exotic chopping up the watermelon yeah. for the dog. Well done, well done. <laughs> so good they're, suggestions. They're, they're two fun ones. Well yeah. done, well done. When can uh, pups go on to normal dog food? They're seven weeks old at the moment, thanking you, says a listener. 
Okay, so I'm going to assume that they're having a kind of a complete puppy nut, a complete puppy diet. Normally, I would recommend that they stay on that until about 10, 12 months of age, which is much longer than people normally think they need to stay on a puppy diet. You have to remember that most dogs are not fully mature for, let's say, a small breed dog until they're kind of 10, 12 months of age. And for a larger breed dog, even well beyond that, up to a year, a year and a half. So it's really important to keep feeding them an appropriate puppy food and speak to your vet or local vet nurse if you have any questions about that. Because the balance of, let's say, vitamins and minerals and energy that we need when we're growing in order to lay down a good, strong skeleton, good, strong muscles and bone is quite different to what it takes as adult maintenance. So it's really important to provide that good quality diet. And the one thing I'd say is as well, if, you know, in the first year to two of life, that is the time to invest in a top quality diet for them because they are building those building blocks of their skeleton. And that's what they're going to be left with for the rest of their life. So it's, okay. it's really important to good make advice. sure they have a good, good advice. Diet. And a listener, uh, just finishing off where we started with the, the listener who's rehoming her granny's dog who sadly passed away. Somebody says, put a garment belonging to granny uh, with the dog he'll get the smell from the dog and it might just help the dog settle in a, a little yeah. bit and obviously somebody speaking from experience well done OK listen Jane have a great week and we'll talk again next Thursday You too thank Thanks you Thanks a million bye bye Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.